0: This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. I'm Zach Jackson. Flying solo today, it is the beginning of training camp. Uh, As you know, this is a training camp like no other. Uh, Getting ready for a season, we believe is going to start on time. From the Browns' perspective, they've done everything well. They've had zero cases in the building. Uh, I'm talking with people on and off the record. They're confident in the protocols, the safety measures, uh, the things they've done. It's a different building. It's a different camp. There's fewer players. Uh, One of the first things you notice is that there's fewer people around, and that has nothing to do with the crowds. Uh, There are strict protocols on how many equipment managers and trainers and massage therapists and scouts and other people uh, the Browns are at around 125 people, When you, which when you consider 80 players and uh, in the neighborhood of 20 coaches, um, you know, that's cut down really almost by a third, um, certainly by 60 to 70 percent. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm a public school math guy. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, these are strange circumstances. And when we watch practice, and we've gotten to watch two of the four uh, helmets only practices, this is Monday morning as I record this, it's the first day of pads. Um, we're f- usually 70, 80 yards away. Um, you know, they're still playing music, there's still signs. Uh, training camp looks like training camp, and that the teams out there, you know, they go into two full practice fields for the early drills, the kickers are on a third. There's a lot going on, but it just feels strange, and and it certainly feels empty. So, uh, first, thanks for listening, and kind of here's the layout. So, each day around lunchtime, uh, we get Zoom calls with guys, and that's Coach Stefanski every day or close to every day. Um, That's two to three players every day. Um, You know, sometimes the the big names and sometimes the other guys mixed in. Um, Sometimes it's an assistant coach. On Sunday, we got to speak with the owners uh, on Zoom for about 20 or 25 minutes, and then practice, uh, which is scheduled every day for around 2.30. So um, the daily training camp logs coming from me will be filed in the early evening, starting tonight. Every day there's a padded practice. Uh, I should be there every day with the possible exception of one, Um, but you know, we're watching football. We're getting you ready. We are allowed to tweet from practice. We are allowed to report from practice, uh, but it is different. So that's kind of the schedule, the layout, the look. Um, you look around and, as I mentioned, you know it's just disappointing. It's different and it's disappointing for not having the fans. You know, Not only do I think the guys feed off of it, but um, whether you're a person or a family who can afford to come to the games or not, you come out to training camp for free. And just to see the kids get that up close because it just doesn't happen with the players is awesome. Um, it's something that when I was a kid and my grandfather took me uh, all the way up to Kirtland, um, to Lakeland Community College. Uh, that's something that stuck with me in being in Berea. Uh, I think this is the 20, 22nd camp of the new Browns. They've all been in Berea. Uh, it really is the best place, and it's it's awesome when people are there. So that is certainly different. Um, as I mentioned, what we've seen are, are two practices, but no pads, and it's very much the introductory. Basically, they were having a May 20th practice, Um, On August 15th. So, um, you know, we see the shape of a Stefanski practice, which isn't all that different. Um, You see guys, coaches, barking orders, take their masks off for a second um, to make sure that they can be heard, then put the masks back on. It's just really bizarre. I mean, not only had I not been to the building for months and months because of COVID, but, you know, many times on my way to a Browns practice, I've stopped and bought donuts. Never before last Friday have I stopped and bought masks. So, Um, That part is certainly different. Uh, One point I was as close as I can get, which is about 20 yards away down in the corner to where the defensive linemen were going through some drills, and Coach Stefanski walked up from where he was to get a close look. And you just don't even know it's him because his whole face is covered until he was, you know, like I said, 15 or 20 yards right in front of me, and I could narrow it down to who is that. I think that's probably Coach Stefanski. Um, One of the things that struck with me from the Haslam's Zoom call was they had not even met some of the assistant coaches because those guys had been hired in January and into early February, um, had only been in the building for a short time, and in some cases only a couple of weeks before, you know, they were sent home, they were at the combine, they were doing other things. And, um, you know, it's just – it's really, really strange, all of it. So the Browns are no doubt working from behind with all of this. Um, You know, in a way, all 32 teams are are dealing with – limited camp time and limited practice time, but we know the Browns change every year. they change changed just about everything as far as the regime. I think only three or four coaches are back. Uh, both, you know, primary schemes are different. The guys calling the plays are different. So, um, there's a lot to go on here, and, and that's just one reason why I don't have strong impressions or takes from the first two workouts. Um, we'll start logging, you know, what we see and what we hear. Um, every day, you know, in the real practices, and that's that's what counts. So, you know, one thing I, I do, and this is full-on nerd, um, I, I keep a roster with me in case I need to know, in case I'm sending a tweet or making a note that I'm going to write. But I try to watch without, you know, preconceived notions of who the guys are. So I've had to go to the roster because uh, Austin Hooper's 81 and Higgins is now 82. And a lot of the young linebackers and stuff, you kind of want to see who those guys are if they catch your eye grant dump is a guy you notice right away he's number 22 and, and there's no question about that he's tall and he's fast and as soon as he gets comfortable he'll be a starter you know in my opinion but um you know i appreciate the questions and the feedback of what do you see what what do you think well you know not much um in addition to being so far away from the field over two of those workouts maybe six team drills so if you think baker gets Three to six plays in each of those. I mean, what impressions are we really getting? Not, not a lot yet. So, um, you'd like to see Miles Garrett out there, and the indication is that he that he has a minor hamstring. And obviously, you, you know, you, Miles Garrett is a guy you need when the games count. So you want to take every precaution there. Uh, the JC Treader thing is alarming because he is just such a smart guy and such an important guy. And he and Batonio and Conklin were being counted on to tutor um, not only Wills but Wyatt Teller, who's still a young player, you know, to an extent, and, and those other young guys you have to get ready. Then all of a sudden, day one of, of your, you know, quasi-practices and you have a fifth-round rookie in their playing center and you want to be a power run team and you got to block Brandon Williams in week one and you're waiting on Treder to say his knee is good and potentially only practicing a couple of times in this new scheme, you know, no or limited full contact before going out and playing a game. You have worries about that with all of these guys, um, no doubt, because of the loss of the preseason. But, you know, Mr. Reliable and Treader, who's never missed a game in three years for you, uh, everybody knows him better now, I think, from a public standpoint because of his role as with the Players Association. But, you know, internally this is two different regimes that have banked on him, that have supported him. And, you know, the guys just gravitate to him. They like him. Um, and they, and the Browns need him. You know, he, I don't, he's never been to a pro bowl. I don't know that he's an elite center, but he's a darn good player. Um, and a darn important one from terms of taking care of your quarterback. It starts with the guy he touches on every single play, you know, reading defenses and adjusting to a new offense. You want your very smartest, most experienced guys in there. Um, I don't think from a personnel standpoint, that Baltimore's defense is what it was. And, and uh, there are some comparisons where the Ravens' defenses were so good that, of course, they're not. But they're so multiple and different in what they do. And, you know, not just with Treders' health, but with the Browns' progress here, these few weeks are so important because you're going to go play a game blind, right, and, and against a team that went 14-2 and two last year. And then you have a four-day turnaround to your second game. And it's a home game and a game you should win. Um, and the Browns are better than the Bengals at a lot of spots, and, and the Bengals have a rookie quarterback who's dealing with all of the same stuff that they, they're doing. And in that regard, you feel really good about Baker Mayfield, you know, in his 29 games of starting experience versus Joe Burrow's zero and the fact that he never walked in the Bengals' building until six weeks before he's going to play a game, right? But the turnaround is quick and the pressure is, is on and that you've got to get ready. For this, Um, If Treader can't be ready for week one, you could probably assume he's going to miss week two as well. So, you know, maybe Nick Harris is great and he's ready. Um, His smarts and his savvy, only 21, but a four-year starter in a high-level program with really good coaching and Washington played at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he's as ready as a rookie can be, but he's a fifth-round rookie. So, uh, not the greatest of starts on that front. You know, um, Ratley was out the second practice. He's a guy that needs to be healthy and, and needs to be fresh and fast because that's what his game is, is speed. We'll see, you know, what happens with the receivers. But let, let's just go um, position by position here. So I kind of feel like if you're listening to me ramble on here uh, before there's even been a real practice, that you're a football junkie. So, A, I appreciate that, you know, and, and let's kind of – Dive in. Uh, I don't really have any impressions of the quarterbacks. You know, like I said, it's it's too early to see. Um, you want to see in the coming weeks that Baker's confident, that Baker's accurate. We know why Case Keenum is here, and that's to make Baker more confident, make him more prepared. You know, uh, be kind of the go between um, with with the coaching staff and the game plan and and all of that stuff. So. You know, I really want to see Garrett Gilbert and Kevin Davidson get some live reps over the next couple weeks. I'm not prepared to to make any judgment there. In the running backs room, of course, Nick Chubb is up first. Uh, You have zero worries about Nick Chubb as a person, as a player. He is a freak of nature from a physical standpoint, but he's not just a mauler. He can run by you. Um, And then the question is, you know, how how do you get everything going as far as the scheme, the line, the timing, all of that, um, running it right at people when they know it's coming? You count on your receivers, you know, to to potentially make them pay in the play action game. But how do you mix in Kareem Hunt? And guys, Kareem Hunt looks slender. He looks healthy. He looks fast. Um, He looks like the Kareem Hunt you used to see in Kansas City or before that that you saw running on Tuesday night on a bunch of future accountants uh, in the Mid-American Conference. So... um, You know, Kareem over, just like I said, a couple of brief workouts, has taken his turns with the number twos, with the number ones. They've moved him around the formation a little bit. I specifically have not seen any of of Kareem and Nick Chubb together, but I think that we'll see that. I think that's a weapon. They have mixed in Andy Janovich, the fullback. Um, You know, the Browns were prepared to go through a full fullback search, but Janovich kind of fell into their laps. Denver changed schemes. The Broncos gave him away for a seventh-round pick. The Browns are glad to have him, so... You know, I think running the ball. And last year, uh, the Vikings, the, Ra- the Ravens, and the Niners were the only three teams in the, in the league that ran it more than they threw it. And I think that starts with a game plan, you know, with right here early in camp establishing what you're going to do. And you look at the investments on the O-line, you look at adding the fullback, and you look at Chubb and Hunt, and I think the Browns are going to intend to do that. So we'll see how it works out. But both of those guys are going to play a role. A wide receiver, uh, Jarvis Landry the first day. You know we're expecting him to be limited. He wasn't. He catches a deep touchdown. Odell, um, you know we need him to be healthy. He he is uh, so far some spectacular catches. It's old hat for him. You know we'll see these guys going forward. I think Landry is arguably the Browns' most reliable player, and he is on a short list of the most important players. I think Odell is on a short list of the most talented players, and like Kareem Hunt, a guy that. If you get his best, and if he is healthy, and if he is um, fully engaged, included, uh, part of things can can take your offense from good to great. Whatever that next level is, those next levels are a healthy Odell Beckham um, who jumps over people, runs by people, can do that. So uh, we haven't heard from him yet. Be interested, but you know when you watch him out there, it's kind of like you take it for granted because he he is so smooth and does so many abnormal things and makes him look standard. When you look at the tight end room, guys, Austin Hooper is a huge human being. Um, you notice him right away. The Browns list him 6'4", 255. He looks even bigger than that, honestly. Um, you know, we'll see kind of how he fits, but they're in just the first couple of workouts, obviously, you know, clear directive to get him involved, or maybe not a directive, maybe an emphasis from Baker himself. But you notice him out there, and we'll see how the other guys fit. You know, Harrison Bryant looks the part for just a rookie. We know Farrow Brown is the big blocking tight end who's been around. Um, N- Njoku is Njoku. Again, and no judgments on him until we get in games. Um, and we'll see how much the this staff can trust him to block, to know the plays, things like that, because that was an issue with the previous staff. So we'll see. And then Steven Carlson, a guy that I think can make a lot of teams. So as constructed, does he make this one? No, but, you know, potentially he keeps getting better. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And, and, again, that's something, you know, the very first snap on Friday, it was Najoku and Hooper. It was two tight ends, one back. Uh, they want to use two and three tight ends. They want to use a fullback. So we will see kind of how all this works. You know, I was of the expectation that Brown will be the definite rundown blocking tight end. But, you know, maybe you can move those guys around or maybe you don't want to do that because you're showing the other team that that you're going to run. So all of that stuff is coming together. And again, I appreciate the questions about what do you see? Do you see a confidence level from the tight, from the offensive line from the quarterback? No, the the answer is no not yet because what what can you see in a couple of workouts. So just follow along. Um I'll tell you you know what I see. Uh it did it did appear to me on Sunday that they kept Jarvis out of at least half the team drills which is fine, which is understandable, which is normal. Um, JoJo Natson, who's a little guy who was brought in to be returner, he was first in line. Uh, Higgins got a little more burn with the ones. Again, Ratley was out, so that's something to watch. Uh, I've spent a lot of time talking up Ratley because I think he has pretty rare speed. Uh, but nothing is settled at the receiver group behind those two guys, and we'll be watching over the next couple of weeks. Um, just some personnel notes here. You know, you obviously notice that the rookie center is in there. Um, at center with the second team is another young player by the name of Evan Brown. He bounced around the league early in his career. I believe he's a second-year player. The Browns signed him in March to be a backup center, and he is now the number two center. Willie Wright, who was on the practice squad last year, has been working uh, at guard. Um, the interesting thing to me, you know, and we haven't seen a ton of Jedrick Wills, he's obviously um, the guy you're, you're getting ready to play left tackle position. He's never played, and you're now looking at the possibility of two – 21-year-old offensive lineman making their NFL debuts in Baltimore. But uh, when the second group comes out there, Kendall Lamb is at left tackle. Chris Hubbard is at right. So if something would go wrong with Wills, and, and the Browns don't think that they will, but, you know, if he would turn an ankle or if he would fall behind and struggle, um, you know, Kendall Lamb getting the first crack there. There had been some thought that Chris Hubbard will eventually get a crack at right guard. Again, that's something, you know, too early in camp um, to really know. You know, uh, Kevin Johnson, as we flip to the other side, the veteran corner, uh, I think a lot of people presume he will be the top slot corner, and as they went through drills Sunday, he was. He's made a couple plays early in camp. He traded some punches with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He broke up a couple passes. You know, he's a former first-round pick, and he couldn't stay healthy in Houston, and so he was considered a bust. Um, He went to Buffalo last year. He played about half the time on a really good uh, Buffalo defense. Um, Didn't play a ton of slot, but has played everywhere. So he is like uh, he's the new TJ Carey, and he's probably a better player. Uh, let, let's be honest. And he came cheaper than TJ Carey. but you know he is a kind of guy that can play anywhere. That is your insurance policy. If Greedy would struggle, if Greedy or Denzel would get hurt, um, and again, you know the first thing that sticks out to me on defense guys is they're going through the drills here. You know Miles is out, so Olivier Vernon's playing the right side. Chad Thomas is playing the left with the first group. But so far, it's been very basic. Just shuffle the guys in and out. Teach them the techniques and see. You know, eventually, you usually only play two linebackers or even one linebacker. You play a bunch of DBs. You mix them around. When you play Baltimore in the opener, you probably got to play a lot of linebackers. You're going to play m- more base defense or some version of base defense against Baltimore than you're going to play against any other team. So, so far, it's been B.J. Goodson in the middle. It's been Mac Wilson and Taki Taki as the outside linebackers with the starters um, Jacob Phillips, the third round rookie who's tall and fast. And you notice that right away, he has been working with the second team. So, you know, one of my questions is eventually it's probably Mac Wilson in passing downs. Who's the other guy, you know, is Taki Taki ready to be a starting linebacker, even in the base defense, even if 20% of the time, you know, the first game you need him a lot more than that. Um, we'll see, but so far it's been almost all the time, almost all of the drills it's been, Four defensive linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. When they have gone, you know, two to the five, Kevin Johnson does play the slot, but he's that has very so far that has not happened uh, very much at all. Larry Ogan Joby, his contract year, he has shown up in absolutely incredible shape. You notice him um, right away. So we will see what happens there. You know, Sheldon Richardson still a really good player. I think there's some thought that. Sheldon is the more gifted of the guy and will make more splash plays. But Larry, just tough, consistent, smart, um, you know, the thought that this regime, two of the guys that, that helped draft him, you know, will want him to keep around. I, I can't argue with that, but there is a long way to go. Um, you know, he, the guy has played through a torn peck. The guy has played on bad teams. Um, the guy just busts his ass all the time, and he's the kind of guy you want on your team. So um, my notes here at corner, obviously it's Ward and it's Williams with the first group. Um, Johnson has mixed in with the second group when he's not playing the slot. Terrence Mitchell, uh, outside corner, you know, number three, number four corner type. Really a a good player, an important player, and a bargain player. Robert Jackson, uh, also with the second group. He's a taller corner who's been around a little bit. Right now it's Carl Joseph at strong safety and Sandejo at deep safety. Grant Delpit running with the twos. Again, I don't expect that to last long. Um, But then the question is, you know, is Delpit the free safety? Do they mix and match? Do they create some packages where there's three safeties, which is what they did for a lot of last year? Again, that's all kind of uh, up in the air. It's just as I mentioned guys, you know, you come in and you're seeing football practice, but the atmosphere is different. <laughs> um, I don't know. The, the Haslams talked, they still are hopeful that up to twenty percent, which would be in the 12 to fourteen thousand range of fans will be allowed to come in. Um, the Browns tentatively have two practices over the next couple of weeks scheduled at the stadium. I wouldn't count on fans being allowed for those. Um, but again, we don't know, but that's just a situation of without the preseason, they want to get the rookies in the stadium. They want to get the coaches up in the booth. They want to run through all of these things because in this strange preseason, there's just going to be things that go on that, that you have to get yourself ready for. And, you know, to a lot of uh, a lot of casual observers and a lot of us, you know, the preseason didn't mean anything because you would see the starters for one drive the first game, if at all. Mm-hmm. If a guy even had a little bit of a sore ankle, you just didn't play him, right? And then in the, in the second half of every game, it was guys who mostly weren't going to be on the team um, just out there busting it. So from that regard, it's not a loss, but from just little operational things, um, the Browns getting in and out of the huddle, subbing guys in and out, You know, what happens if you need – if you lose a starter for one series because he got poked in the eye or got his ankle rolled up on or any of those things. Uh, I know there's a lot of concern about the travel in the league and, um, you know, guys just getting to the stadium. Yeah, this is strange. But anyway, um, that's what I've seen in a couple of days. We're going to write every single day, you know, about what we see, where we think it's going. Um, On the practice field, I always love this time of year. It's the one time we get to watch football and report about it, except for Sundays, you know, even in a normal time when we're at the facility, there's no reporting uh, on the stuff we see during in-season practices, which isn't all that much because usually it's only 20 minutes. So here you get live reps, and and they mean a lot to a lot of guys. You know, the Browns have more guys uh, with some proven NFL production than they've had at any other time, right? And that's the receivers and and that's Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon and Adrian Claiborne, you know, and Carl Joseph uh, to an extent. And who who's the oldest guy on the team, um, who's been around for 10 years. You know, but it's not just on the offensive line. They got new guys and new schemes and a new staff again, and we've done this dance a lot. So, we'll see. Um, Feel pretty confident telling you they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I like the talent. I'm impressed by Stefanski and Barry. And in the second half of the year, you know, I think if they can get things going, um, they're at least interesting and maybe dangerous offensively. Um, Defensively, you know, we'll see. So, again, it's just a start. Thank you for listening to Civilized Barking. Don't know how often I'll do this. um, As much as possible, be writing like crazy, tweeting like crazy. Follow at Akron Jackson. Follow the Athletic account. Subscribe to the Athletic if you haven't. This is the right time to do it. Thanks for listening to Civilized Barking. Talk to you soon.